Hey everyone, this is Eric, and welcome to the CBC podcast, Behind the Pulpit. In this podcast, we will be discussing the past two Sunday messages that I gave, titled, The Soul Needs Rest and The Soul Needs Blessing. Today I'll be joined by Pastor Brandon, Pastor Nick, to discuss those two messages. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening. All right, well, we are back, and I'm here with Brandon and Nick. Welcome, guys. Hey, what's going on? Hey. <laughs> well, I know we took a uh, kind of one week uh, hiatus from uh, the podcast. We weren't able to uh, record last week, but uh, we just wrapped up our series. I uh, gave the last two messages uh, Soul Needs Rest and The Soul Needs Blessing. Uh, but before getting into any kind of detail, just wanted to just kind of get your guys' thoughts on just this whole idea of soul care that we've been talking about, soul keeping, mm-hmm. the condition, health of our soul. Um, what were some of the things that have come to mind uh, for you during the series, maybe the last two messages um, that you felt was insightful, helpful, not that helpful, not that insightful. <laughs> you can be honest. It'd be good, I think, just to dialogue as we just kind of wrap up this series for ourselves and for, for our church. Yeah, I think for me it's interesting because I'm such a strong feeler that unless I'm kind of in that zone, in that place, I'm not real motivated or inspired to, to make d- changes. So I think when we were reading through it, which, you know, obviously as a staff, like we're like a few weeks ahead, um, it was it was meaningful for me because, you know, I read it slowly. There's kind of a narrative to the book. And I felt, yeah, that's, man, that's great. I, I'd like to implement that. Or, yeah, that sounds really good. I mean, but one of the things I thought about was Sabbath for our family. Like, what mm-hmm. would it look like mm-hmm. for us as a family to do that? And, you know, that kind of got put on the back burner, like a lot of things. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, I, you know, obviously something important to, to revisit. But I think um, I, I'd have to kind of re-get into that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. But you, Brandon? This was kind of an interesting series for me to just come one come into in the middle of it and two not to be super involved in, in the planning of it. And so to be able to just take it in I mean, obviously I skimmed the book when we first started talking about doing it, but when I say skimmed I mean like <laughs> skimmed. <laughs> first sentence of every chapter, yeah. I'd have got yeah. it. Um Yeah, so I think I enjoyed just kind of coming in fresh without like already you know knowing kind of what the the crux of the argument was going to be and so yeah I, I think just that part of it w- was cool um I think similarly to you Nick I think just uh we talked about this in the last podcast but I mean just that idea of rest has been something obviously that I've been thinking about a lot and I've been processing through a lot coming out of sabbatical and so um I do think that was kind of a, a fitting message um to hear and um yeah and, and so that one and i think the one before the the soul needs to center like those ones all i don't know they all i mean they all kind of related right they're all interrelated mm-hmm. in, in kind of what they're asking you to do or challenging you to do and so um i do think at least for me that was the big takeaway was it kind of just hammered home this sense that i already had coming out of sabbatical of like I thought I was resting. I thought I had that built Mm. into the rhythm of my life and I so didn't. Mm. And so even having that intention of like, I value soul care, I value rest. 
than to go on sabbatical and realize, oh, my soul is pretty jacked mm. up <laughs> and I haven't had rest and my soul has been thirsting for it. And there's all these things that are out of balance. Mm. And then, you know, to come into the series and just hear, you know, pretty like specific practical messages on that, I think was really helpful for me. And um, I'm still kind of formulating what that's going to look like. Mm-hmm. But I think it was it was important for me to see the other side of it on sabbatical, recognizing the damage that kind of a non-rested, unbalanced soul, uncentered soul, what that can do and how easy it is to not notice that that's happening in us, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was really timely and, um, yeah, so I, I enjoyed them all. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you don't mind kind of, I love following up on that. Um, you know, cause I realized there's like this importance, right. Of, of just coming to this realization that there's something wrong mm-hmm. is a big part. So kind of obviously you shared, there was some moment where, early on in your sabbatical, you were like, oh my gosh, my soul isn't as healthy as I thought it was. It was mm. quote unquote jacked up. Yeah. Right? But even, you know, take a step before that, right? What was going on even before that where in your mind you thought everything was okay, mm. right? And maybe being able to look hindsight, like why did you think it was okay? Was it okay? Mm. And then kind of what helped you realize that there was something something wrong yeah so i mean it's not like i leading up to sabbatical i thought like everything is just hunky-dory everything's fine Mm. but i think this is and again i didn't read the book carefully i'm sure he alludes to this but like i feel like when we've all got problems we're all stressed out there's things that bother us i think the default setting is like it's everyone else's problem right like i'm frustrated i'm stressed all these things are going on in me because of other people, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think like for me, I I knew that something wasn't right. I knew that there was something unsettled in my soul, but it was like, no, it's just because like, like all these things are going on. You can blame circumstances, you can blame people. And what happened on sabbatical really early was, it was like God just kind of shone, shined this light on me. I was like, oh, no, man, it's it's you. Like, all those other things, sure, those could be better. It's not like mm-hmm. I just was going to completely throw those out and it's not like I was wrong about everything. But how I was processing those things, how I was looking at everything was filtered through this lens of, like, you know, pride, insecurity, all this junk that, I, I knew was there, but again, I didn't, I didn't realize how, how powerfully it was impacting just how I was interacting with people and thinking about things. And so, yeah, it was, it was almost, I think it was like week one. I, I mentioned the book I was reading, uh, in the last podcast, but yeah, it was called, uh, chasing Francis. And it's by the guy who does all the, um, Enneagram stuff. Mm. And it's about, um, I didn't even end up finishing it, but the first like <laughs> first like eight chapters were really good. But it's about this pastor who like really kind of like it's it's kind of deconstructing, you know, a lot of like like leadership stuff and, and and pastoral ministry. And I didn't identify at all with what he was experiencing. He was kind of going through like a loss of faith, which I wasn't dealing with. But 
it just made me ask questions about myself in a weird way. And then I was reading this other book, Emotionally Healthy Leader by Pete Scazzaro, which is great. And I mean, it's impossible to read that book without coming away with some kind of junk (laughs) that you're dealing with. And um, so, yeah, I think just, I guess to maybe begin with the assumption that there's a lot of things in my life that are on me. Hmm. And and sure, there are people that are frustrating and people who are jerks and circumstances that are difficult. But if you start with that assumption, like there's stuff that I have to deal with too, it just changes your outlook and changes, you know, that feeling of like helplessness and and frustration. and, And it becomes like, okay, let me deal with that stuff. And it it does change the way, or at least to this point for me, it has changed the way those things have looked, Mm -hmm. you know, coming back. Um, So yeah, that was the key. I think Mm -hmm. it was like, okay, I've, I've got to own up to what I'm responsible for. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's really insightful. How about for you, Nick, when, you know, you said kind of as you were reading through the book and kind of going at your own pace, what were maybe some of those kind of immediate takeaways or like you said those thoughts of like i'd like to address that and you know practically it was maybe the family sabbath something like that but was there anything in terms of your own soul anything that kind of tugged tugged on for you during that time yeah i think for me the the one quote that still jumps out at me from time to time is when he's quoting dallas willard and saying that you must arrange your days Mm. so that you're experiencing deep joy contentment and confidence in your everyday life with God. And it kind of comes back to that personal responsibility. Like you can mm-hmm. blame circumstance, you can blame people, but really God gives us the freedom um, to arrange our days so that we have those things. Mm-hmm. And for me, the, the thing that has been sort of jumping out at me was that idea of confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in general, I don't feel like I have a ton of confidence. It just mm-hmm. across the board. Uh, but kind of the theme that's been kind of coming up for me, listening to messages, listening um, to mentors, is that whole idea of being rooted in the truth and promises of God, you know, that mm-hmm. we have confidence because of the veracity of Scripture or because of positionally who we are in Christ. And I think that sounds, that's easy to, to kind of brush off, but to, sp- to spend some time thinking about w- why that doesn't take root in Mm. my life and how that translates to, I think a real confidence. Um, Mm. So yeah, so that's, that's kind of something I've been chewing on. Yeah. What are some of the things that have kind of, as you asked that question, why hasn't it take root? What are some of your initial thoughts? And I ask you, you know, not to put, put us, put you on the spot, but I, I think so many people can relate. Yeah. And, you know, I think any light you can shed in terms of, what is that? Where's where? What's causing that that gap? Right. That yeah. from like we know it intellectually. Like if mm-hmm. we just believe this, but it, but it's so hard. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and I think the Holy Spirit was kind of working on that in me this Sunday as as I was listening to you preach. Um, which which by the way, I think it's like one of one of your strengths. Like you're just good at kind of going there and sort of that affirmation mm. um, element is something that I think you do really well um and uh something that you kind of embody as a person too so it's like it's not you're not just saying it you you actually live it and lead that way um 
but yeah, for me, I mean, I, I think if you were to break it down in, in like secular psychological terms, you know, it comes back to family of origin, comes down to self-perception, uh, mm. comes down to, I think, living in a world that rewards achievement. Um, so everything is earned. Um, and um, yeah, so I, I think, yeah, it's one of those things, like you said, on paper, it's kind of all the same. You know, like I think it's something that I, I revisit at different seasons of my life. Um, and sometimes it's frustrating because it's like, hey, I, I know, <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do about that. Right. Mm. I like it, it's kind of one of those things where I, I think those who are in the world of therapy, psychotherapy, um, there's an agreement where it's like it's good, but the process takes a really long time. Mm, and mm. almost to the point of questioning sometimes its efficacy mm. so i feel that way sometimes about spiritual growth you know if we were to look honestly or if i were to look honestly in my life it's like wh- where have i truly grown um sometimes that's a hard question to answer mm. yeah 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 i mean i appreciate you sharing you know because i think you know those things you talked about like family of origin self-perception like all these things that's right i mean that's hard and you know i think you can make the case it's humanly impossible to like you know change the way you see yourself you know and to believe all those things and i think that's what makes this topic so difficult right and there's this paradox of on one hand i you know as you said like brandon you shared this realization that i gotta own the condition of my soul, you know? And I think that that's kind of made through the book that Willard really presses upon Ortberg in terms of like, hey, the most important thing is a healthier soul. Mm. You know, it's who you become. Mm-hmm. Not so much what you do, what you accomplish, and uh, how much of it is kind of on us to engage in that process. Like, you know, I don't think it's, it's on us to fix it, mm-hmm. but to engage in that process. And just getting to that point where to acknowledge it is so huge, right? Mm-hmm to just admit like hey there's there is something wrong and it doesn't have to be this way it's it, it doesn't have to be at the mercy of the people around me right like there's this you know Jesus talks there's this rest there's this peace that we can experience through him regardless of our circumstances right um yeah there's all these things that make it so hard and and I think, yeah, that's why I I personally don't feel like it's on us to fix it, you know, like be happy, be satisfied, mm. be content, but understand that if you're not satisfied, if you're not content, if you're not joyful, there is something unhealthy going on. Mm. Something needs to be done. And that's where I think turning to Christ, coming before him. But at that point, you are kind of allowing him, inviting him to begin to lead us through that mm-hmm. rather than just like fixing it, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's that tricky balance of positioning yourself in a place to grow, to experience grace. And there's a certain amount of responsibility and int- intentionality. But at the same time, like you said, we're not affecting that change, right? So it's, it's like a weird balance, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just kind of on the, you know, maybe a little bit more of the practical side, you know, for you, Brandon, kind of going through sabbatical, now beginning to put into some things 
um, that uh, that were helpful, right? To just experience more of that. Um, you know, we had a question submitted by Yvonne, and um, you know, and I think she's asking more on the practical end. What are some things that that help find that rest? Some practical disciplines. Uh, so let me just read that question, and then I'll let you guys both take a shot at it. It says, just curious, does the Soul Keeping book ever talk about the power of sleep for resting? Over the years, I've taken my sleep more seriously and has helped me tremendously in helping me feel rested, even though it's not a quote-unquote spiritual practice. Um, what are some practical, tangible ways to find relief or rest from the weight of the struggles? Hashtag the struggle is real. <laughs> Thanks, Yvonne, for the question. Um. Again, I, I don't know this for a fact. I don't think the book mentions sleep. But I do think there's an important important point to be made there that like while physical rest isn't necessarily the rest that we're after, it's an important component of that. Like mm -hmm. being like, you know, burning the candle at both ends is, is ultimately going to make you feel more stressed and more anxious. And so I think getting more rest is always a good suggestion. And so sleep probably helps um but yeah i i do i mean for me a lot of what it's come down to is just like it it actually has been a little bit for me about doing more as opposed to doing less hmm. um if just kind of my like daily rhythm pre-sabbatical was pretty like so i'd you know work hard and go to work spend time with family and then any chance I got, I wanted to quote unquote rest, you know, like sit on the couch, relax, watch TV, play Candy Crush, I don't know, whatever, you know. And what I found was like that understanding of rest was kind of hurting me because like it wasn't really offering me anything satisfying. And it's like it, I, I just always kind of felt like I needed it. And so one of the things that just kind of happened naturally on, on sabbatical was I just, because I was more rested, I sought out that time less and I found mm -hmm. other ways to fill in those gaps that at least to this point, I, I found to be a little bit more restful than sitting on my couch. And so like my like quote unquote, like physical rest time in, in a given day has decreased by like 80%. Wow. But I feel a lot more rested and I don't have this like this nagging urge for like <laughs> for my couch. You know, it sounds so <laughs> dumb, but I would feel that, right? Like mm. I can't wait till the kids go to bed because I'm going to relax. I'm going to rest or I, you know, I I need to get home from this because I need to rest. I think getting away from that has been really helpful. Mm, yeah. So whether it's like, you know, like when the kids would go to bed, so I would just kind of throw something on TV and um, play on our phones and maybe chat a little bit. And a lot of nights, not every night, but now we'll, we'll go outside and we'll sit in our backyard and we'll just, we'll talk and, you know, have some cheese and crackers and some beer and just, you know, and just, and just hang out together. And, um, you know, instead of, like the kids are playing and I could just sit around and veg, or, you know, go wash dishes, go mow the lawn, you know? So like, they're just, I, it's just 
I don't know, for me, that's been really good. And it's been a little bit more, I think, restorative in a way that's, I think is connected to that whole like soul keeping idea, even if it's not explicitly so, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, I don't know if that answers that question. But for me, that's been really healthy in terms of just the practical parts of it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's almost, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's almost like you're saying because you're more rusted and your day is more restful, you don't feel that need to, quote unquote, rest at the end of the day? Kind of. I, I, that that was true during sabbatical. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of flipped the switch for me. I think now what I'm realizing is just, what I considered to be restful was not restful. Mm. Oh, I see. You okay. know, it's that sitting on my couch doesn't doesn't do what I thought it was going to do. It's like that typical, like, it only leaves you needing more of that, mm. you know. And so to find things like, again, like things that I was already doing, like going for a run, going for a bike ride, being outside, like doing the things that are actually restful, even though they take work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it goes against our instinct when we're tired. It's like, that's what we actually need is things that provide a a deeper sense of rest even if the more the easier stuff Mm -hmm. you know that's what we kind of crave so again it's hard for me to push too hard into that because it's it's been a month since i wasn't doing anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know but i still do feel like i'm i'm so much i'm I'm happier I, i feel a lot a greater sense of peace um and I think that's been a big part of that. Mm, yeah. Wow. Thanks. Yeah. That's what, that was kind of my question for you. It's like, w- were those things truly restful or did it actually drain you more than you thought? And that, that's kind of what, and I don't push this on anybody, but that's kind of what I've found for me. Like it's why I don't watch TV because it actually mm. stresses me out, mm. you know? And the other thing that I'm toying with is I listen to a lot of NPR as I drive and I think it was Steph Luna a couple of years ago at the retreat was saying like it's it's good, um, but it's actually really heavy and it's it's mm-hmm. actually very draining to listen to. Yeah. And I do realize that if I just allow myself to be bored on a twenty minute drive, my soul is in a better state when I get out of my car. Mm. Um, and um, so yeah, I resonate with that. With yeah. you know all of these things that supposedly give us rest, I wonder if they actually take more energy. Yeah. You know? Well, like, I mean, a great example of that is like, like playing a game on your phone, Mm -hmm. right? So like, let's say Candy Crush. That's the only game I play right (laughs) now. But even that, right, you're entering into this cycle of reward and like, you're you're trying to achieve this goal and like you're super frustrated, like, oh, I had one move left and I couldn't, you know, blah, blah. And whatever game I've played, whether it's, you know, for like years I was playing this game, like Clash of Clans. And it, it was like, it's just this never ending cycle of, like it's the same stuff you're struggling with in real life and then you quit that and then you put, turn on your phone it's like i'm resting now yeah <laughs> but it's so stressful yeah and i and i do think like that's not great for us yeah. that that's become what we understand as rest and yeah. what we understand as entertainment is it's just kind of reinforcing these like these things that we're mm-hmm. actively supposed to be getting away from of like trying to earn and perform and achieve and that now it's just like constant yeah you know Mm -hmm. and so um again i i love watching sports and 
not suggesting that people yeah. don't watch sports, but it's kind of the same thing. It's like the level of stress and dissatisfaction and frustration that sports causes me is crazy. Yeah. I'm not going to give that up, yeah, but like, right. you know, even like fantasy football, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I, you know, so there's a lot of stuff that, again, you have to pick and choose and just be honest about what's realistic, but doing less of that, that stuff. I feel, I feel like my brain is so much quieter yeah. mowing the lawn yeah. than playing Candy Crush. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds weird. Well, yeah. I mean, I think like the secular research would back that up too. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, I can't cite all the, you know, the science, the neuroscience behind it, but I feel like we've all read studies that reinforce that reality, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think there's some things that are physically resting but they're just not like restoring, right? It doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't refresh us where we come out of there with more energy, whether it's mental energy, emotional energy, if anything, those things can drain us even more, right? Like mm-hmm. physically we're sitting there resting, but I think mentally, emotionally, we're actually straining. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I was thinking about Yvonne's question, just even about the idea of sleep, right? Like sleep in and of itself is a good thing, but I think it's like, digging deeper of like, well, what's preventing the sleep, right? So if you're not sleeping, Mm -hmm. what is the the motive? What's the the reason? What's the drive? Why are you burning both ends of the candle? You know, is it the worry? Is it the stress? So on one hand, you know, sleep is kind of like addressing the symptom, right? So like if you could address the stress and the worry where you felt, you know what, I could just not worry and just sleep more, you would say, that's a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. But I think the flip side could be true where somebody is just, I don't want to deal with life. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't deal with the world, so I'm just going to go to my couch and I'm asleep. Mm-hmm. You know, and then on that hand, you would say, well, sleep in and of itself is not the the answer. It's not necessarily the discipline. I think it's a reflection of mm-hmm. just kind of where we are and how we're perceiving things. So maybe that's why the book doesn't necessarily like talk about it, but I think in general, it's a good practical discipline the way that eating healthy would be exercising would be um but yeah i definitely resonate with just the the challenge of finding rest and trying to ask myself what are the things that are actually restoring refreshing you know so i mean i talked about being on the couch and mcdonald's and all those things and you know i'm realizing like rest requires work Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is like a, a weird kind of paradox but i'm experiencing it more where you know for me, there's there's a um, there's some life given of just listening to sermons, mm-hmm. you know, coming on a Monday when we're done here, and just being able to listen and not trying to like break it down to figure out how I would preach it if I were, <laughs> if I were giving it, but just to listen where certain things like that, right, like certain chores, you know, like the, yeah, cutting the grass, doing doing a little bit of yard work, not too mm-hmm. much. <laughs> this Monday I was out there for like four hours and <laughs> I was exhausted. That's so, not restful. So yesterday I was like cranky <laughs> and I was like. I don't think I should uh, <laughs> do it that much, but um, but yeah, I think that challenge and also that permission, you know, I mean, it balanced both the permission, but also that um, the necessity to find what that is, because mm-hmm. in a way, right, everyone, everyone benefits yeah. when our soul is more rested. Mm-hmm. You know, we do, our families do, our loved ones do, our friends do, people we minister to. So, you know, on that hand talking about that and, and yeah and i appreciate your guys insight and just kind of talking about what that looks like for you mm. um just kind of real briefly with kind of the time left 
talk a little bit about blessing. You know, that, that idea of just receiving, um, being affirmed, being, you know, like, how does that work for you guys? Um, what are some of the challenges? Um, yeah, what kind of what comes to mind uh, when you think about that idea? But the the thing for the book that it it doesn't it's one of the many things that makes the book good and makes it hard to preach was I think Orberg was sitting with Dallas Willard and he was actually teaching him how to bless and he said it takes time it takes intentionality and it's actually very intimate and he actually took the priestly blessing that we give at the end of every service from Romans six or not Romans six number six and he says you look the person in the eye. And you say, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, you know, and kind of goes through that whole, uh, the whole thing. Uh, and, and the way Orberg describes it, you kind of, you kind of get a sense of the gravity there as well of like, okay, for someone to do that, that is a pretty intimate thing. Um, but it does sort of encompass, um, in sort of a weird way, like I, I can't imagine doing that can you try with brandon (laughs) (laughs) just for for the sake of (laughs) um but yeah to embody those words right that to declare that 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 god is indeed pleased with you that his face is turned toward you Mm -hmm. um so that's kind of thing that jumped out to me Mm -hmm. yeah 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 thanks so, uh, I'm I'm trying to remember. I was a little bit distracted on Sunday totally morning. Totally, yeah. Um, the idea, I mean, there, obviously, there's both sides of the coin. Was primarily how we receive blessing, right? The like, message but, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. And and but both strands are part of. Yeah, both strands are implied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in the book of. Because we're the soul is built to bless. Yeah, it's also received to yeah. built to receive blessing. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, for me, it was. I I feel like I'm wired in a way that 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 part comes pretty natural for mm-hmm. me. Um, I, I you know I mean I, I'm a super optimist, super positive, and so. I feel like I'm blessed all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And and I and I do think like it's one of those things that I'm very thankful for, mm-hmm. you know, and um I don't I don't take it lightly that like things happen and I I I genuinely feel like wow, that was cool. Like like God just blessed me in in that small thing and so um I think that's something that's um been helpful for me and and helped me to grow and um yeah, and so I think there's there's that balance, right, of, like, you can't become numb to it and you can't start seeing it in, like, every little thing to where it's, like, well, you know, nothing ever matters because every, everything's blessing. Mm-hmm. But I do think, like, the more the more we seek that out and, and you know, it changes the way we view, you know, you kind of mentioned kind of the way we see God versus the way how God really is. You know, I I do think that's that's real. You know mm-hmm. that when we choose to recognize blessing in our life is coming from God, it's it it affects our view of Him and and, and what kind of God we think He is. And so, um, yeah. So for me, I mean, I think hearing that it was 
it was affirming, you know, to recognize the value of that um, in that process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I mean, that's such a gift to be able to, you know, I think for you to be able to see the blessing, to believe it, to come to expect it. You know, I was talking to somebody after church and, you know, she was just saying like, thanks, you know, I needed to hear that, you know. And it just reminded me, I think for most people, our natural default is not to like expect blessing, Mm. right? I think kind of left to our own, our default, there's enough the enemy, there's enough, you know, the, the voice of the world, that kind of internal whisper of, of you're not good enough, you're, you know, and, and I just think, yeah, it's, it, it can be hard, you know, and even myself and I shared Sunday of just, like, I know theologically God wants to bless me, right? But I, there's just this, I, the assumption is he wants to bless me in ways that like, I don't want the blessing. You know, like, there's just, like, this built-in, like, <laughs> safeguard. Like, I know God wants to bless me, but it's going to be through trials and challenges. And he's going to take away stuff that I really want. And then he's going to teach me not to like that so much. You know, so, like, I still believe it, though. And, and that's probably true, and I and I rejoice of those. But kind of just the, the flip side of that coin of, like, no, but there's stuff that, you know, and I don't know, maybe there's just something, I don't know if just the, yeah, I don't think it's just an Asian American, but certain cultures where it's you feel bad for asking for too much, right? Mm-hmm. You go to a restaurant and you don't take more food than everybody else. You don't, yeah. you know, you learn to like let everybody go first. Yeah. In that kind of way of thinking, I think it's easy to apply to God. Mm-hmm. And I know I do subconsciously. I think just like I don't, I don't. Yeah, I just I know He loves me. I know He wants to bless me, but just not more than anybody else. Mm. You know, just kind of right there. So. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point that I think you said it like my word for you today, which is kind of bold, I think, for our style of preaching w- was to expect more, mm-hmm. to, to desire more, to ask for more, um, which you're right for many of us goes against the grain of who we are to, to ask for more. Like, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Anything um, anything else you guys want to add just kind of as we bring this kind of this topic? I mean, it's something we're always going to talk about in one form or another, but just kind of the series as we bring this topic to a close or just anything you'd want to encourage our church with in light of kind of just the health of our souls, where to go from here, anything you want to kind of impart to them. I mean, I think like, like you said, Nick, it, it's one of those things like y- you can intellectually know that you need it. It's a whole nother thing to actually put in the work to do it. And, you know, I mean, it, again, like I'm not I'm not at all trying to say like I'm there or I'm an expert, but just kind of having walked through that process this summer, like I would just say like it's, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Like even if just in a small measure, like take a weekend and, 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 you know, try to process through some of the stuff, try to incorporate it in small ways, because I, it's hard to describe how, it, I mean, I felt like in, there were moments where I felt like a whole, like, part of me was, like, melting away, or, like, the, like it mm. just felt really dramatic, like, like an exorcism almost, you know, like, like, there was just this, like, brokenness and ugliness that like needed to kind of be purged Mm -hmm. and i do think like 
that is just kind of the the picture of like a, a soul that's unbalanced and kind of like not healthy is like it does impact us in ways that, that we don't even realize and so um you know we everybody does it right we come to a sermon we listen to it we think oh i should do that and then we don't because it's hard right like mm -hmm. we have other priorities and it's just hard to change um so i would just say to anyone listening to this like if, if you had a thought at any point in the series or something stuck like just resolve to, to do it you know and, and, and to try it and um I, I i do think like this is a you know it's it's a pretty important issue and and i think we we tried to stress that but um yeah I, and it's just it's it's worth it and it it feels good right now to to be a little bit on the other side of things mm. and so yeah i'd encourage people to go for it yeah wow awesome well said anything nick yeah i would just keep it a lot simpler than that i i totally resonate with yvonne saying sleep is huge i mean <laughs> for me not getting enough sleep throws everything off and getting enough sleep that makes it the world of a difference you know i'm playing around with stuff like uh, caffeine intake alcohol intake and just seeing how it impacts my sleep and that impacts my perspective perspective on everything and i can rationalize it and say like well you know maybe maybe it's this maybe it's like no you just need to sleep more you know so um yeah sometimes it's those little tweaks that make all the difference so. yeah yeah well, i appreciate both you from the deeply spiritual like just you know really digging deep and saying hey it's worth it to go for it lean into it and sometimes just, yeah, what are the practical things? What are just the simple things that, that we can do, um, you know, because it's that important. So, yeah, I want to thank you guys both. Thank you both for, for sharing. Obviously, this is something we're going to continue to, to journey forward. You know, we're real excited where we're going. And I know Brandon's going to talk about it more this Sunday. But thank you both for being here today. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for having us. All right. Thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. See you next time.